Welcome to the Abyssinian syllabary, where we spell out Ethiopia in 33 characters. I'm Eve-Marie Stranger, your host and the compiler of these Abyssinian lives. Nota bene. While any resemblance to actual countries, past or present, and to historical figures is not purely coincidental, this is a work of fiction. For a primer on these Ethiopian characters, newcomers may start with the prologue by Manuel de Goes. To order the book or a poster of the Abyssinian syllabary, visit Ethiopia.com. That's U-T-H-I-O-P-I-A dot com. My father Solomon, my mother the Queen of Sheba, what is it precisely that you lay claim to? erupted Zereacob. The master further berated them. My father the cowherd, and my mother the scullery maid. The apocrypha of Zereacob. Colonel Mengistu Haile Mariam, A.K. Comrade Kakistocrat. F. The children of the house of the mule taunted Mengistu, branding him with the nickname Southern Horson and calling him a bula-eating tow-rag. They added, what is more, that his grandmother, Gebel Mariam, slave of Mary, had been a slave in her youth. If she wore the yellow skullcap of a nun on her shriveled head, Gebel Mariam had long been known under the name Totit, which means small monkey. And, even if this were injurious, it was the plain truth. The grandmother herself had no time for these stories. Gebri Mariam was a short woman with a lively eye, and she herself loved gossip and slander. But Mengistu Haile Mariam, government force of Mary, himself grew up resentful of these slurs. Mengistu was born in the service quarters of the villa of a middling lord in the month of Meskarem in the neighbourhood known as Beklubet, the house of the mule. This lord, nearly gentry but not quite, was nevertheless a man of some importance in the house of the mule. Mengistu's mother, who was also very black, worked as a house servant of this lord, just as her mother, who was blacker still, had done before her. Mengistu entered the military academy of Holeta, where he achieved poor results, so that he was barred from entry to the school's officer class that he had so desired, and was barely able to scrape through to the rank of corporal. After two years of instruction, Mengistu Haile Mariam made himself scarce in the family household, preferring to devote his time to the camp. He displayed acumen in leading the rank and file and formed his first true friendships with boys such as himself held back by their modest origins. In those days, in the quiet streets of Addis Ababa, the only vehicles, save for flatbed trucks, were the Bentleys that ferried the children of the throne and the court. The plutocrats spoke tradition and respect of Ethiopian values, all the while ensuring that their children studied at Oxford. Mengistu set to work more seriously. He shined in his studies for the first time. He got a whiff 
of the future in this tumultuous era. With his confederates from all over the country, they heatedly debated the Cold War and the Soviet Union, decolonialism and Marxism. The come lord of his promotion, Mengistu is sent to the United States for further training. The foreign experience congeals his hatred. The Ethiopian always felt ostracized for his skin at home. And here in the U.S., Mengistu sees the blacks singled out, segregated. But what ulcerates Mengistu is to find himself on the receiving end of the denigration, as Americans, white as well as black, take him for a Negro. To make matters worse, the few Ethiopians that he encounters in the States also mistake him for a black American. Resentment twists his stomach like a vice. Upon his return, Mengistu is appointed to lead the 4th Division in Harar. He again proves popular with the lower ranks. Mengistu is sober. He does not show his face in the nightclubs. He treats even the lowliest with the utmost respect. When the first troubles break out in 1972, Mengistu does not utter a word, biding his time. Events precipitate. The student demonstrations in Addis Ababa grow and increase in intensity. Taxi drivers, inflamed by a fuel hike, join the student marches. They are followed in short order by governmental employees and mutinous soldiers, clamoring for better living quarters and the right to drink the same water as their officers. A derg, or committee, is formed in the army. Mengistu Haile Mariam is the delegate of the Harar division. A year later, he is on the select committee. A few months more, and he is one of three or four that are leading from behind the scene. The imperial government is mutilated as ministers are picked off one by one before the remaining skeleton cabinet is arrested in one swoop. A senile emperor authorizes the dismissal of his own ministers one by one before one mid-morning signing his own deposition. The King of Kings, the Scion of Solomon, the conquering Lion of Judah is driven out of his palace in the back of a maroon Volkswagen Beetle. The monarch waves out of force of habit to the rabble on the streets. Haile Selassie does not see that they are addressing him with obscene gestures. Mengistu Haile Mariam now affirms himself. He decimates the derg to his advantage. He orders 60 dignitaries of the old regime machine-gunned one foggy night and buried in a ditch of shovels of lime. His dudgeon overflows at will. Only now, at long last, Mengistu is feared. He becomes a communist, a paragon of the international movement and an ardent anti-colonialist. Mengistu is burnishing his credentials with the socialist student movement that he still needs to hold the cities. When these students become too assertive and attempt to instruct him on the difference between Enver Hoxha and Maoism, Mengistu unleashes death brigades composed of the worst dregs he can spring from the imperial jails. 
For two years, the streets of Addis Ababa are clogged with the dead and torture is practiced in the commissariats. In the crisp highland mornings, the dead youth lie about the streets as if sleeping off a heavy night. On their chests, there is a paper fluttering in the wind that reads, This enemy of the people can be collected against a receipt for the bullet that was expended. Mengistu Hali Mariam sends the students off in a quixotic campaign to alphabetize the peasantry and instill some revolutionary fervor in them. He thus kills two birds with one stone. He gets rid of these firebrands and affirms his grip on the confines of the land where the word communism has found no ready translation. Mengistu goes to war. At first, he fights the Eritreans, who are more Maoist than himself. He turns his gun next on the Tigrians, who are more Albanian than he ever will be. At last, he wages war on all those that will not agree with his ukaz. In the mold of the Soviet apparatchiks he emulates, Mengistu Haile Mariam delivers theory speeches on the inevitability of the final victory of the working classes. He smashes bottles of red ink on the white walls around his bully pulpit in the True Cross Square, rebaptized Revolutionary Square. Lumpens, he calls his enemies, class antagonists. Mengistu adds that he will fight to the last bullet. The years pass. The wars grind to a standstill. Mengistu has become accustomed to palace life. He resides in a wing of Menelik's residence with modern amenities. His working quarters are located above the dungeons in which he maintains 100 inmates, those that he likes to keep close. He preserves the remains of the last emperor close by too, as Haile Selassie's diminutive skeleton is buried under the septic tank of the new modern water closet that has been built next to Mengistu's office. But this nobody knows, as Mengistu had the killers killed, then the killers of the killers. Like all Ethiopian monarchs, Mengistu Haile Mariam is fond of his Semitic superlatives. Famine gate crashes the festivities for the ten years of the Ethiopian revolution. Perhaps Mengistu himself knows that this marks the beginning of the end. At the banquets, the servants drop their eyes to the floor, and no one mentions the word hunger. The red monarch has begun to spread sham tales that connect his family tree by tortuous routes to the Solomonide bloodline. He has decreed in school textbooks that Theodoros, a crazed thug, be recast as a sort of Abyssinian Robin Hood, a man of the people. Perhaps I should burn down Addis Ababa, Mengistu is overheard musing. Theodoros burnt Gondar to the ground twice, and the city built him a statue. It is all a little too late. Mengistu Haile Mariam has five years of palace life in front of him before he will flee south to Africa on a hijacked Ethiopian Airlines Boeing 727 with a carpet bag full of bullion filched from the National Bank. When push came to shove, 
the bastard of bastards could not bite that bullet.